The Lord be with you. I guess it's about time. Everybody's got coffee, nourishment. Um, I guess we'll just uh, look at this uh, text on Elijah, um, maybe 17 and even so far as into 18, but uh, let's see what it says here. Let's start with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, You call us to have faith in Your Son and that our saving is in Him, not in ourselves. And until that time that we are taken to heaven, we are to trust in You for all of our needs. Give us the strength to do this so that we may not fear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Where do we want to start? Um, Okay. 1 Kings 17 uh, is the story of Elijah predicting a drought. Um, And if you're in the first service, you got the piece of this. um, That in the 16th chapter, it was Ahab who reigned in Israel, and he and his wife Jezebel did all evil in the eyes of the Lord, and uh, they worshipped other gods and encouraged other people to do the same and really had no um, regard for uh, the Lord of God of Israel. So uh, God tells Elijah to predict a drought um, and that it will not rain except by his word. And then, then he uh, is sent off by God someplace else where he cannot be found by uh, Ahab. And he sends him off uh, to uh, live by a brook in Cherith, that's east of the Jordan, and um, he's fed by ravens who bring him bread and meat in the morning. I mean, how, how down and out would you have to be to where your food is brought by ravens? Um, but, you know, just had nothing really except his faith that God would provide, and he did. Uh, But in verse 7 of 17, it says, And after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. And so the Lord sent him to a widow in Zarephath, and he commanded her to feed him. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. Um, but I, I guess, you know, you've got to make sure it's the right widow. So he has her, asks her to bring him some water, which she does, and, and he tells her to bring him some bread. And, and that's where we get the story of her just having nothing left. Um, she, is, she says, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug, and now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Um, and you know, you you wonder, it's if you really needed something, and uh, the I guess maybe the equivalent today of of go uh, to the widow in Zarephath might be uh, go to the closed gas station. 
in, you know, pick small town, you know, and there you'll find fuel or something. Um, you know, just like what logic says, go do that. Because widows were those that really had nothing in, in good times even, hardly. And then you pick bad times like a drought and um, your, your logic says you're not going to find anything there. But he goes, the Lord said, you know, I've told her to do this. Um, so he went. And, um, and, and, you know, I mean, I guess, why did, well, it's recorded, she says it. Well, I mean, if, if God told her to feed him, why did she turn around and give her story of how she had nothing? You know, okay, I'll, I'll get it for you. And you, I got nothing left, but what the heck. But, you know, I mean, she, I mean, she's obviously troubled by this whole thing because, you know, God told her to do it, yet she knows she has nothing and, you know, she just wanted to eat and die. But... Um, he tells her, do not fear. And as I read that, it's like all the other places you see, do not fear. Uh, and I mentioned in the sermon, you know, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and do not be afraid. Or Christ comes into the upper room and, you know, he tells him, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Um, so it, it's just this, you know, God saying, don't worry. Um, and we oftentimes hear that as, even a, what's uh, the word I want? I can't think of the word I want. Um, it, it, it's a, um, a greeting of forgiveness. Uh, so, you know, don't worry. You know, you're favored. Go make a, a, go do as you said, but make first a meal. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. So it's this, almost like this idea of, you know, first fruits given to the Lord, but, uh, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and does as he says. And the flour and the oil do not run out. But the interesting thing is in the next verse that goes down that isn't part of our readings for this Sunday and won't come up. Um, after this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And then she turns to Elijah and she says, what have you against me, O man of God, that if you have come to me to bring my sin in remembrance and cause the death of my son? Um, here again, the area he's in is... is uh, Samaria and the people there are not uh, soul worshipers of God. They worship other gods as well. Yet in the back of their mind was, you know, this sin. And, and you know, you try and forget it. But he brings it up, you know, or she thinks he's bringing it up um, to remember and that it would cause the death of, his, of her son. And he says to her, give me your son. That, that God's blessing them and lengthening her life through uh, <clears throat> Elijah being there, and then her son dies. You know, I mean, it's just like another test. You know, the, how, how great is your faith? Can, you know, I, I brought you food. You were ready to eat and die on that day. And now I've kept you. 
and then comes the death of her son. So he took him up from her arms, carried him up to the upper chamber where he lodged, and laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is uh, in your mouth is truth. So it just, you know, I mean... I guess you, God kind of knew her heart, I guess, and, and knew that, you know, she still struggled in her faith. You know, I mean, she's doing this. She told me, but, you know, okay, you know, one of the gods maybe is what she's thinking. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, which God is going to bring back to life? And her son dies. And it's Elijah's God, you know, that, that has this capacity to bring life out of death. Um, and, and I mean, that's something important for us to remember as, you know, we go through um, our troubles, you know, that yeah, these troubles are this trouble and we're all going to die, but it's our God who brings life out of death um, on our final days. Um, so, after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab. Um, Ahab had been searching all over for Elijah to find him and kill him, and, or at least, I guess, maybe get him to, say, make it rain. Um, and there was uh, Obadiah, who was an overseer of the household, uh, and he feared the Lord greatly. And Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. Obadiah took a hundred of the prophets and hid them uh, in caves and and fed them. And Ahab says to him, go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass and save horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So, you know, they're in the last ditch efforts of, of trying to save what they have. So they divided the land between them to pass through it and went in different directions. And Obadiah runs into Elijah who's on his way back. And Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, it is, is it you, my lord, Elijah? And he answered him, it is. It is I. Go and tell your lord. Behold, Elijah is here. <laughs> and Obadiah, I mean, I, this is great. And he said, how have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my lord is not sent to seek you. And when they would say, he is not here. He would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. As soon as I have gone from, from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men in the Lord's prophets? the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he will kill me. 
And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Um, And you would think that, you know, there would be this faith of Ahab, you know, hey, it's not going to rain until he says so. You would think he would be like, yeah, he's back, you know, praise his God, you know, he's returned and it's going to rain. I guess maybe the rain should have come with him, but it didn't. Um, so, you know, he had no physical proof. He's still looking to what's around, and he's got animals dying and people dying, and there's no food. But um, he calls him a troubler of Israel. Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me, at Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Um, And, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's what you might call a come-to-Jesus meeting that he's calling, um, because you get into the next part on the prophets of Baal defeated, and I just think it's, you know, in, in terms of the power of God, you know, when you look at the Bible and you say, this really happened. And, and um, I don't know, there's one thing here, a comment in this, in this Bible, in this, and this is a Concordia Bible, and it just, I don't know, um, Nothing's perfect. I'm not perfect. And every Bible you get is going to have something here to look at and go, really, do you have to say that? Um, but in, in speaking of the fire that is to be called down in verse 24, it says fire, likely lightning. I'm like, really? Is that, is that where we have to go? That, you know, it's lightning? Um, I guess it could be, but I, I'm, I'm like, Well, read the story. So Ahab sent all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? And this issue of limping, you know, kind of like, well, maybe over here, no, maybe over here, rather than just firmly going in, in favor of one or the other. Um, If the Lord God, if If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it to pieces and lay it on the wood. Put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice. 
and no one answered. Then they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he's relieving himself. I like that one. I mean, just imagery. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I've been a nurse too long. And, and uh, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until blood gushed out upon them. Uh, I, interesting. Blood. Did they figure something out? I mean, that there had to be blood. You know, if they're calling, but they're calling on the wrong God with blood. And so it's just a shedding of their own blood in, in, in can't save anything. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time the offering of oblation, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. It's like, you know, come on, come here, listen. And all the people came near to him and he prepared the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two two of seed and he put the wood in order and he cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood and he said fill four jars with water pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood you know um, opposite my dad liked gasoline you know to start fires kerosene whatever water Um, and he said do it a second time and they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned and that you have turned their hearts back. It's interesting that Elijah, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, I kind of read this with this cocky kind of tone, you know, go ahead, throw some more water on it. But there there was nothing in what he did that was trying to bring any attention to himself. I mean, the mocking that he did of, of their God was, I mean, it, it was God. You know, so, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. And, um, and he calls, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, nothing else, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, Answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. It, it's his work in them. I mean, that, that's, you know, just, just screams of New Testament and salvation that it's God's work in us, not ourselves. Um, 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's, go to lightning. If any of you have been on a golf course or something and had lightning or something strike close by, I mean, you know, it, it'll throw you down. Um, my mom did that. Nah, she's here, yeah. You know, she was on a golf course and said, this is a good place to hide. I'm going to back into this little shelter thing with a few other people. And they're standing there, and all of a sudden there's a tree, what, from here to the wall? And lightning strikes it, and all the sound went in and came back at them. You know, it just captured it like earmuffs. And I don't know, your hearing wasn't right for... Until now. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's probably all you could do to not just end up on the ground. And then, just to, you know... I, I'm going more than lightning. I mean, you know... The fire comes down and consumes the rocks, consumes the water, consumes the dust, consumes the wood, consumes the bowl, and, and dry. Um, it, it is the power of God that comes down. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And then, um, <laughs> and then this is where, you know, the, the reading stops in Sunday school. <laughs> and... And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. You know, just all of them. Um, that was their lot for, for not confessing God. Um, and Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the rushing rain. And so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the, mount, to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed himself down on earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And when he went up, he looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising out from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds, the wind, and there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And at the hand of the Lord... And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Um, and then Jezebel. She's told how Eli all that Elijah had done. And you stop there and you think, yeah, I mean, you know, rain? Should have seen it, you know? And, and, and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also. Gods, little g, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, that is, all her prophets, by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he hid himself at uh, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and asked that he might die, saying, Is it enough now, O Lord, to take away my life? For I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. It, man's been fed by ravens in a stream, sent to a widow, brings her son back from death, shows up, 
calls down God in this challenge between these prophets and true God and sees the mighty power of God that destroys, consumes everything. And then the rain comes, and then this woman. Not saying against women. Don't take that wrong. Um, but Jezebel threatens to kill him, and he runs and hides and says, Is it enough now, O Lord, to take away my life? for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose, ate and drank, and when he, the strength of that food, and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Herob, the mount of God. Yet, God provided everything he needed. Um, and, you know, he, he's seeing nothing left, yet God provides. Um, I think a lot of times this is us. We just think we don't have enough that, you know, where, where's the uh, retirement fund that's going to come from? Where's the, uh, the money for whatever. Um, where's it going to come from? And, you know, God will provide for his people. And it may not be that he provides at a level of, of uh, well, I didn't, I didn't win the $1 billion. So I didn't get provided for in that range. But, you know, God does provide for us. And the greatest thing he provides is Christ himself, his son. Um, you know, I mean, in places in here, you can kind of, you know, we read all the Old Testament Christologically, and, and you see things in here that just this shadow of, of Christ providing. Um, 40 days and 40 nights. Hmm, sounds familiar. Out in the wilderness, and the food kept him. And it was, you know, the Spirit of God that kept Christ. 40 days, 40 nights, as he's tempted in the wilderness. Um, this, this power that we have in Christ that gives us A, the ability to believe in him and the certainty of our resurrection, um, that we will die and we will live again. Um, to live with that every day and you know, just be able to say, come what may, I, I have God, I have Christ. And in that, I have everything. And that is the widows in this story and the story in Mark and our gospel reading for this week that, you know, just gives her last two cents and just, you know, God will provide what she needs. Um, what, what is in her that is honored, if you will, by Christ is, is her faith, you know, that she's giving it all. And there are others giving much, much, much more, but they're giving from an abundance. And they're really saying, well, yeah, I have all this, but I still have all this, and this is what they rely on, that they have left in their coffers. And she empties herself, putting her full uh, you know, sufficiency for her life in God's hands. Um, 
interesting. He, I mean, he, nobody's looking at her, and he's like, see, see the widow over here. Um, you know, just people, I guess she's laying on the ground to be stepping over. Um, anyway, I don't know. I've talked enough. I'm sorry. Anybody got a thought, comment, question? I'm not promising answers. I'll try. Du, 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 du. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen rock explode under intense heat. <laughs> Another one of my father's interesting bouts with fire. He liked burning leaves. Had a leaf fire going in front of the house out there in Carmel and got some scrap wood. I'm going to burn it. So he throws it on the fire, and it's burning, and a uh, short driveway here, the wall, less than. Yeah. He gets from here to that wall away, and kaboom. <laughs> the wood, rock, raining down, and cement that's wet, and you heat it, steam builds up. This is why if you're a Boy Scout, you were told you don't put limestone around the fire pit because the steam gets hot. And he literally blew a hole in the street about this big and that deep. And it just, it didn't disappear. It fell all over the place, you know? And so yeah, for it, for it to just be gone, consumed, um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not thinking lightning. Um, there's the power of God. What else? I don't know. I, I like these Old Testament stories. Um, just the, the way you see that God works and, and provides for His people. And um, and then Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. That, I mean, that's the double-edged sword of the gospel. You're either going to be rise on the last day in Christ to eternal life and bliss and joy of heaven, or you're going to perish eternally separated from God. Um, th there's no in-between on that one where you get a second chance. Um, so, I'm not going further. Anything else? No? Then we'll close with prayer early. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we read your word and your holy scripture and see your power and might is displayed to those of old. And you've given us this so we can have a glimpse of your power, your power to save, your power to destroy, and most especially to point towards the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. Give us faith to always believe this, in the, in, the, in the face of what the world wants to see is rational thought that, that this just can't be, there must be something else. Help us to believe. Give us faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.